You know, we got a bunch of texts about the blood pressure thing. Somebody said, I thought I had high blood pressure for years until I stopped taking the stairs at my doctor's second floor office. (laughs) Which is a good story. Wow. Well, you know, it's funny. I've taken my blood pressure many times uh, through the years. I'm, I'm supposed to. And one thing it says is sit quietly for, I think it says, 10 minutes. Whoever does that. In a single place. With your arm at this height and your legs uncrossed, blah, 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 and you mellow out for 10 minutes before you get an accurate reading. I don't mellow meanwhile, out 10 at, minutes a week. Meanwhile, at the doctor's office, you run across the parking lot, you sit there for an hour, then you get called in, they weigh you, you walk in, you hit the, the seconds later, they're taking your, you know, it's it's completely not what they tell you to do. If you're like me and a lot of people, you're a little nervous anyway, just being right. at a doctor's office. Yeah. One more on the blood pressure thing before we get to Sarah. Because I said, um, uh, you know, there's a lot of money in blood pressure medication, and now they've opened up a whole new category, millions of people that might need it. Also, this texture points out more pre-existing conditions for various health plans, Obamacare, whatever. Could be a factor. I don't know, but it's not crazy to think that that would have something to do with the research. Wow. Wow. That's interesting. Okay. All right. Well, let's welcome uh, to the Armstrong and Getty show, Sarah Wuss. How's your blood pressure? <laughs> Mine's great. <laughs> White House correspondent for the uh, Washington Examiner. We're big fans of Sarah and her, her work. Hello, how are you? Good to, good to talk to you. I'm great. Thanks for having me. Remember, democracy dies in darkness. Eh, no, that, that's your It'll competitor. I'm it's, sorry. it's dark at night. <laughs> and democracy survives overnight. Uh, so, uh, Sarah, uh, apparently there's more coming out about uh, Donald Jr. and the, the campaign communicating with WikiLeaks through the campaign season. What should we know? Well, this is a pretty significant development in the congressional inquiries into Russian collusion, just because these ambiguous ties to Russia and having conversations with people who happen to be Russian in and of themselves don't support any of the allegations. But if there's evidence that Donald Trump Jr., or any member of the campaign, was working directly to release and distribute the emails that Russians hacked and stole, that's the closest to actual concrete collusion that we've seen. And the the correspondence that was released yesterday, it came out of Trump Jr.'s cooperation with congressional investigators. It didn't show anything approaching what has been alleged the campaign did, right? It showed that Trump Jr. responded to a few direct messages on Twitter from WikiLeaks uh, in October of 2016, but never really directly coordinated with them on anything and actually ignored a lot of the messages that WikiLeaks sent. So it's not quite the smoking gun that I think a lot of Trump's opponents want to make it, but it's certainly a significant development. So how big, what, what's the problem with the communicating with WikiLeaks? They're just a news organization, aren't they? <laughs> <laughs> well, even our own CIA under Pompeo is called WikiLeaks uh, an adversarial organization that their goals are not transparency there it's a little more sinister than that and wikileaks was acting on behalf of the russian hackers that intelligence agents believe stole these emails from democrats uh gave them to wikileaks who acted as a proxy and then distributed them at times that were advantageous to the trump campaign and would inflict maximum damage to the clinton campaign well so, as as has been pointed out on this very show when's the last time WikiLeaks, you know broke into uh russian information and then put out something that really damages them oh yeah i've i've banged the drum hard that they're a russian leaning tool of vlad putin and they're anti-american so and assange looks like the um a villain from a you know 
That's Soviet not his thriller. fault. It is not his fault. So, Sarah, is it ethics still? Is it being a good American? Or are we talking about uh, alleged crimes at this point? Well, I don't think anybody's talking about alleged crimes yet. Certainly there's questions about how ethical it was for the the president's son, then the candidate's son, to be communicating with WikiLeaks. But what Donald Trump Jr.'s lawyer has pointed out in statements to the media is saying, look, all sides were monitoring what WikiLeaks was doing every day. Certainly the Clinton campaign was getting up every morning and looking at what fresh terror would await them on WikiLeaks.com. And certainly we were monitoring the WikiLeaks and nobody was colluding here. Right. And pointing out that Donald Trump Jr.'s communications are relatively innocuous. And people... Go ahead. I'm sorry, go ahead. No, no, I'll let you finish. If you read the correspondence, one of the interesting messages that whoever was operating the WikiLeaks account sent to Donald Trump Jr. was asking him to please leak your father's tax returns to us. And the argument that this WikiLeaks person made to Trump Jr. was if you leak your father's tax returns to us, first of all, they'll come out without the filter uh, of... You know, if somebody leaked them to the New York Times or the Washington Post, it'll take a lot of the wind out of the sails. Good point. Um, if these ever do get li- released. And second of all, it would boost our credibility that we would no longer just be a pro-Clinton organization. Another good point. Pro- I mean, excuse me, an anti-Clinton organization, a pro-Russia organization. We would be a bipartisan transparency organization. And so he was actually pushing Donald Trump Jr. to leak his own father's tax returns, which that, I thought was interesting. That is interesting. Um, you, you also have the, I don't recall any of these WikiLeaks things that came out that mattered uh, being proven false or even denied the, the, that they were accurate. So the stuff was true. So given that, um, would you expect any campaign to ignore that WikiLeaks stuff or, or stay away from it? If it's out there and it's believed to be true, if it's beneficial to your side, in other words, and I I decried this tit-for-tat analysis earlier in the show, but I'm a talk show host. Being a hypocrite is what I do for a living, Mm. I guess. Um, Am I I supposed to believe that if if Donald Trump's tax information was available to Clintons from WikiLeaks, they'd have said no to it? I mean, come on. Hilarious. That's a rhetorical question. like some sort of secret embrace of WikiLeaks that we're just now finding out about. President Trump loved to talk about WikiLeaks during the campaign. Yeah. He stood at the podium and he worked it into his stump speech day after day. So this isn't a new information that we're learning that the Trump people were excited that WikiLeaks was happening because they made that very clear. And the question that investigators have been asking, and it gets lost in the noise of how collusion has just become some ambiguous word that no longer has any meaning. But the original question was, did any Americans, including from the Trump campaign, work with the Russians to help them determine when would be the most advantageous times to release these emails, how best to weaponize them, where to direct these ads they were putting up on social media to stoke social discord, uh, or did the Russians figure that out on their own? And that was always the questions that were central to this investigation, which is why this development, even though the messages were relatively innocuous, is important. Because it gets the closest to answering the questions that are central to the investigation. Right, right. Sarah, I recommend if you're fleeing from the law, you do it immediately because they're getting close. Uh, Sarah Westwood of the Washington Examiner is on the line. You know, if my suspicion that WikiLeaks is a tool of the modern KGB, I haven't bothered to to memorize the new letters. Um, If indeed they are a tool of that organization and they duped various uh, Trump associates into doing their bidding, that might be so devastatingly embarrassing and 
and and unwise that that could cost them a tremendous political price. But I don't, they couldn't be accused of like espionage or anything like that because it was uh, unwitting almost certainly. Um, I would well, that, think that, that's a really high bar to meet, right? right? I mean, this this the Logan Act is a word that's mentioned a lot. Would be. Um, one of the statutes by which someone would be prosecuted in theory for this, but nobody's ever really been prosecuted for that. The, the, the prosecutorial bar is so high that it would be really hard to see anyone going down for that in the Trump campaign. That being said, I don't think that a criminal prosecution needs to take place for this to be incredibly damaging for the Trump campaign because they denied so forcefully from day True. one Good point. that anything like this took place. Good point. You know, uh, you're a really, really good reporter, Sarah. So uh, unless uh, unless uh, Roy Moore t- was talking to you when you were in high school, we might be done with you for the day. Is that no? Okay. <laughs> nope, I'm good. <laughs> right. Very good. Sarah Westwood, White House correspondent for the Washington Examiner. Sarah, always a pleasure. Thanks a million. Well done. Thank you. Yeah, there there is that. And that's what bothered me so much uh, when that story broke. I think it was last summer that Eric had gone to a meeting with uh, with a Russian because they had dirt on it. It's just you know d- don't don't lecture us about how you'd never did that and it's just unthinkable that you would do that and then right. it turns out you clearly did that. Yeah. So I mean yeah. I don't like why, why are you continually slandering Eric Trump? It's Donald Jr. Whichever Don one. Ju- no no no. They're all the same. You can have Eric and Gitmo and he's thinking I didn't do anything. My dad doesn't <laughs> let me do anything. Why am I in this cage? <laughs> so, yeah yeah. Go, go, go with the denials. You know, God dang it, if if only the world would learn the lesson that if you just are honest all the time, unless you've done something horrific, everything's going to go okay. If you say, yeah, you know, we were in this campaign, it's the first time any of us had ever been in a campaign, and we got WikiLeaks calling us saying we got all sorts of dirt on your opponent, and we didn't know, so we said, yeah, send it to us. We had free opposition research flooding in from around the globe, so we said, "Yeah." And said, "Were we not supposed to?" <laughs> and since it's a political problem, not a criminal problem, it appears, you could also say, "And and am I supposed to believe that if the Clinton campaign weren't contacted by WikiLeaks with dirt on my dad, that they wouldn't have used it?" Come well, on, right, right. Well, and then you know, to that point, indeed, the uh, that whole uh, GPS fusion thing with the the Steele dossier and all of it, the DNC was paying for that. They were paying for a spook to go to Russia, talk to Russians, and come up with any dirt he could find on Donald J. Trump. So, God, can we all quit acting so sanctimonious? That's a pretty good play by WikiLeaks to try to get Trump's taxes. Yeah, that was an interesting rationale. They didn't fall for it, but... Well, if you thought they were going to come out, you you might think, and I'm kind of surprised they haven't. With all the hacks that have gone on yeah. of, 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 you know, of some of the most well-maintained accounts in the world uh, have been hacked, I'm surprised that Trump didn't think, you know, somebody's going to get it at some point. Well, if somebody's hacking the NSA, for the love of God, right. uh, you, you're telling me they can't figure out who's Trump's accountants and hack their computers? Apparently not. Apparently not so far. Because that was some, some hot, sought-after stuff, but it has not come out. So, uh, okay, so we got another one of school changing the name. I love those stories. Oh, yeah, we I'll got keep it. that short because I want to. I really want to hear that uh, polarized stuff. We also got a new feature from Sean. We're going to try out. Oh, that's right. Well, we got to prioritize here. We really do. All right. First, I need to lose some weight. All right. Lower your blood pressure. Yeah. So the rich <sighs> can get richer, and maybe so I don't die. 
could be both. You're getting a little Alex Jonesy over there. You're listening to the Armstrong and Getty Show. Roy Marr, uh, we, the word is out that he used to cruise the malls looking for teenage girls. The accuser yesterday said he, what, she was at a malt shop or whatever, and he offered her a ride home and went after her when he got her in the car, according yeah, to her. Allegedly, yeah, that dude, with glory all red on hand. I wish women understood what that does to their credibility. Yeah, it hurts. Yeah, hurt, that circus help. performer by their side, yeah. but yeah. Anyway, so uh, very quickly here, because we have so much to get to, we've heard about the various high schools around the country changing their name from Robert E. Lee High School. I can kind of see that one. You know, a hero of the Confederacy. He was an honorable man, blah, blah, blah. But, yeah, okay, I get it. And then, of course, we had the unspeakably idiotic situation in uh, the Portland area where Lynch Elementary School, and I think there was another Lynch school where had their names changed because it sounded too much like lynching, which is just idiotic. The people who donated the money to buy all the land were named Lynch. It was named after their generosity and their commitment to education. But no, because of their name, the politically correct morons of Portland uh, insisted they don't. Well, this one's good. This is in uh, Farmington, I believe, Connecticut. No, no. You know what? That's funny. I thought I knew where this was. America. It's America, but it's a it's a K. Um, it's a K uh, TV station, so it's got to be west of the Mississippi. Farmington High School's mascot, the Phoenix. They had a big contest to name the new high school's uh, mascot. The name of the teams. Everybody liked the Phoenix. But now that they're cheering for the Phoenixes, a number of parents think it sounds too much like penises at the football and basketball games. And How so, many of the kids are saying penis, though, <laughs> instead of Phoenix? Probably roughly 60% of them. I think it's a high school, you know, in, in, the, uh, in the pep band is a high schooler. I might have been throwing that out there. Go penises! <laughs> Jack, the... Uh, uh, the parents, one of the parents wrote on his change.org petition, we're horrified to hear that the fanatics of the word phoenixes are too close to the word penises. I don't mean to be crass, but we don't want there to be confusion around the point I'm trying to make. The mascot, a mythical firebird said to be indestructible as it regenerates itself by rising from the ashes, was popularly chosen by the students uh, recently, blah, blah, blah. Because it rhymed with penis? <laughs> well, it could be. It could That's be. That's pretty funny. Yeah. Nice. Oh, boy. Well, there's a lot of people think the new blood pressure guidelines are to sell more blood pressure medication. Of course, if you think that, it makes it easier to ignore your now high blood pressure and say, I ain't going to lose weight and, 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 and go along with their scam. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's it's tough. It's tough. Everybody knows high blood pressure is a problem, but uh, you don't want to get played. No. Uh, so, I don't know. 
I don't even want to talk about this. You don't want to talk about the uh, the polarized thingy? Yeah, it's important. Yeah, I don't know. Are you just exhausted by politics? I'm exhausted by politics. Yeah. I really, I really, really am. Yeah, yeah. So Axios, which is run by the guy that started Politico, started his own organization. He's uh, using some uh, polling information out recently, and he put out some graphs showing how polarized we are uh, compared going back to 94. And you got these uh, bell curves. You know what the bell curve is right there? It's shaped kind of like a, a bell. Sh- yeah, it's a curve that's shaped like a bell. And um, In short, back to you. And at the top of the bell car- cu- curve, you got the two bell curves. You got the median Republican and the median Democrat and where they are on the consistently liberal or consistently conservative scale. And now it's it's two humps with the peaks of the mountains quite a way away from each other. The, wow. the two medians. Interesting. Um, not that long ago, they were practically together. The median Republican and the median Democrat on the consistently conservative, consistently liberal, going back to 1994, they're practically together. The two tops of the bell curves. Together in terms of how conservative or liberal you are. Oh, consistently okay. liberal or consistently uh, uh, conservative being the uh, the outside, mm-hmm. the median of each party was toward the middle. I so see. there's a great overlap between the two groups. And then you so had literally, the, most people leaned a little right or leaned a little left. Yeah, but there was a fair amount of overlap. Now there's 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 way, way, way less. Um, uh, the two peaks are very far apart. And there's a lot less people that would come down on the, you know, sometimes I'm, I'm conservative, sometimes I'm liberal, depends on the topic. There's a lot fewer of those than there used to be. So it's not just your imagination. It's not just the media. Well, the media could have caused this, but um, right. it, the media is reflecting what is. And, and then that's how you end up with a society where you now have people who say, I wouldn't want my daughter to marry a Republican or my son to marry a Democrat, which was unthinkable as recently as 1994. Right. It's just you wouldn't even you would never even consider you know, your daughter meets a nice guy at college. They're talking about getting married. You just, I, I don't think you would even thought. He cares for you. He's, he's got a good future, et cetera, et cetera. He's respectful to you, but he's hes a what? Right. Yeah, that would that would be the mark of a crazy person if you thought that way. And Not that, too long ago. And now it's fairly common. And um, so uh, one of the conversations we were having during the commercial breaks uh, is, is what we should be providing as uh, entertainment to the world to try to be a going concern. Right. It is um, a for-profit business, the Armstrong and Getty Show. It doesn't seem like it, does it? You guys seem more like hobbyists to me. <laughs> no, we're doing this on purpose. It's, uh, it's our job. Yeah. Uh, if there's a valley now where it used to be kind of a unified peak, it's now a valley where there just aren't that many people that are willing to go either way, depending on the issue. Mm-hmm. What are we trying to do in terms of trying to appeal to that person? I think that's the only rational, smart way to approach life <laughs> is to look at an issue and decide, you know, with your belief set, what you think about that, regardless of whether it fits into the platform of one party or the other. Well, and I'd add to that, I don't have any interest in being manipulated by people I hold in contempt like politicians, the major parties, or the news media. I'm not going to be your dancing monkey. You're not going to convince me to hate progressive people just because I disagree with them. You're not going to convince me that, that, you know, that my world will fall apart, that I'm in terrible danger, that I need to be afraid if the other party gets elected. I'll just forget it. I'm not going to be manipulated like that. Oh, I left out my favorite part of the analysis of these, uh, these graphs from... Uh 
from Axios is that all indications of the trend lines would, would be that things are going to get worse. There, there's no indication at all that we're like past some sort of point and going the other direction. Unless something happens that causes the need for unity. Which is and what? we forget our dumb, dumb, overhyped differences. Like, for instance... A Martian attack. <laughs> John Boehner said that the other day. He said, "Short of some he sort of a Martian attack, short of, short of some sort of national calamity, he can't imagine, you know, any any unification of the two, or, or, of of everybody, back to some. We're all Americans with a goal of being safe and prosperous, and then there's these other issues. Maybe you agree with that. Maybe you don't agree with that. Right." So yeah, so if you if you like the way things are now, well, they're going to get more that way in the near future. It would seem. Yeah, I I don't know that there's a constituency for what we're selling. I think we sell it because we believe it. But I, I think if you've been convinced that you should hate people you disagree with, you've been played, you've been manipulated by the media that's desperate for ratings. And if everything's primarily fine, there are just differences in opinion, and maybe taxes ought to be lower, government ought to be shrunk. In my opinion, blah blah blah. But you know, in general, everything's, you know, pretty good. You're not going to tune in. So there's, a, you know, we were talking about, wow, this is funny. This just occurred to me. So everybody's savvy enough to see uh, guidelines for what's high blood pressure change and think, well, wait a minute. There are many millions of dollars at stake in terms of pharmaceuticals here. Let's let's take a look at this. What's the data? I mean, seriously, is, is there a real risk or are you just trying to sell me drugs? But... Everybody being whipped up into political camps is ignoring the trillions of dollars worth of interest in getting you polarized. You know, you conspiracy thirst, look into that one. The media, all of the media, everybody, and the political parties, they're desperate for you to be polarized. You don't see a conspiracy there? Quit yeah. hating. God, there's too much hate. Interesting. I, wonder I where hate this you will... people who hate it. like to... <laughs> Get your loan chain in a basement and go to work on your... <laughs> wow! I blame the media blamers. What's coming up in your news, Marshall Phillips? Well, Attorney General Jeff Sessions revising previous testimony about one very important meeting. You got in battle Senate candidate Roy Moore just losing more GOP leaders' support, and most Americans would rather be the Grinch for Christmas. Coming up minutes from now, Armstrong and Getty. The hell does that mean? And I would like to clarify that the Farmington I spoke of was Farmington, Utah, just north of beautiful Salt Lake City. And so, yeah, I could see why the high, why, you know, maybe the Farmington uh, High School uh, parents would be extra sensitive about their students chanting, go penises, go penises. The Farmington fighting penises? Well, it's phoenixes. Say it go it's hard to say what there's <laughs> stay tuned to the Armstrong and Getty show Damned if you do, damned if you don't. Oh, we're back on the air. Uh, let's get the news now with Marshall Phillips. Well, Attorney General Jeff Sessions testifying before Congress once again, insisting he's always told the truth about contacts with Russians during the presidential campaign. But I will not accept and reject accusations that I have ever lied. That is a lie. That said, Sessions now says he recalls a meeting that George Papadopoulos attended in March of 2016 
when Papadopoulos allegedly offered to set up a meeting between Donald Trump and Russian President Putin. I did not recall this event, which occurred 18 months before my testimony of a few weeks ago. And I would gladly have reported it uh, had I remembered it. And he said he cannot really remember exactly what was said. Papadopoulos pled guilty to charges he lied to investigators about contacts with Russians. Then Senator Sessions was a top advisor to the Trump campaign. And I wish somebody just come out and say honestly, look, the press was talking about how we had no foreign policy team, how Trump had no foreign policy team. Bunch of us got a call asking us if we'd come sit around a table for a photo op. We talked about various foreign countries for about 15 minutes. Then we all went home. I didn't didn't remember the specifics because I was texting my wife the whole time. I think that's what happened. I really do. Yeah, just nobody wants to admit that. Hey, Marshall, how many many nights in a row would you have to eat the same leftovers before you'd think it was weird? Oh, geez. I don't know. What's probably four? Four nights. Four four would be my answer, yeah, yeah, because three... Okay, I would. I maybe have done. I think that yeah. fourth night, you're into weird territory. See, at this point, because all of our children have fled, um, yeah. and who can blame them? Uh, Judy made this. Uh, it's called Italian wedding soup, Ooh. and it's got like tortellini in there, and, right. and, and turkey meatballs, and it's absolutely fantastic nice. chicken broth. Well, we, but she made an enormous it's amount called, of it. It's called what? Italian wedding soup. Okay, it's what you serve to the guests and all. Right, and so we we had a big old bowl of it. Then we went out for friends the next night. That was Saturday night. So we had it Friday, then we went on Saturday. Then we had it Sunday, and then we had it Monday. So that's just three out of four. So four <laughs> out of five is still under the Mendoza there's, line because it's not four in a row. There's also the how long something keeps Yeah, that's aspect. what I was going to say. Well, we yeah. own a refrigerator. But four days is a pretty good long run, though. In a refrigerator? For oh, leftovers? No. I'm a week guy. I'm a one-week week? guy. Really? Oh, absolutely. Uh, oh, bare yeah. minimum, yeah. Yeah, thank you, Sean. Can Bare I get minimum. an amen? Yeah, so, I let my so, leftovers age about eight to ten days right. just before I go back for seconds. My so, wife will not allow us to eat anything that's been in there two days. Wow. Yeah, She's like very that. particular about oh. that sort of thing. You're that way too, Michelangelo? Yep. Yes, I am. No way. Y'all are paranoid. It'll it'll be good probably into late December. But um, <laughs> So uh, if four in a row is the Mendoza line, if yeah. we happen to do four out of five, yeah. that's so it'd have to be five out of six, honey. So let's get back at it. God, that's good soup. <laughs> Ooh. All right, jumping back into the news, we got House Speaker Paul Ryan saying that uh, Roy Moore should drop out of the special election race in really? Alabama. Why? He should step aside. I, I, number one, these allegations are credible. Uh, number two, he should. St- if, if he cares about the values and the people he claims to care about, then he should step aside. Moore facing allegations of sexual assault and sexual misconduct involving women who were underage at the time. How about the talk of uh, letting him win and then removing him from the Senate, which uh, hasn't been done in modern times. Some people are throwing that around. I even heard uh, some political heavyweight, I don't remember who, say that would never work because the Democrats wouldn't. I think he'd need two-thirds of the Senate to boot somebody out. Correct. Democrats wouldn't go along because they want him there. Now, how cynical is that? If you voted to leave what everybody believes is a child molester in the Senate because it hurts your political opponents, where are we then as a country? That's where we are as a country. Oh, my God. You just nailed it. That is brutal. Yeah. I'd like to see that play out just to hold it up in front of Americans and say, this is what we got now, people. 
a, uh, a child molester got elected to the U.S. Senate, and one of the parties, the opposition party, wants to keep him in the Senate because it damages the other party. To hang around the neck yeah. of the Republicans. Okay, so they're going to work with the child molester uh, because right. it hurts their opponent. That's where we are. Oh, my God. Turns out these days most Americans would skip exchanging gifts at Christmas time if their friends and family agreed to it. That's according to a new Harris poll that found what percent? Seventy percent feel you know, this what, way. Once the kids are grown up, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. Poll also found forty-three percent of those who spend money on anything related to the holidays said they feel a lot of pressure to spend more than they can really afford. They would rather knock off uh, going out to get gifts and just spend more uh, time with their friends and their family at Christmas. That's your news. I'm Marshall Phillips from the Armstrong and Getty Show, the voice of the West. We've been talking a lot about how things come and go and, uh, you know, times change and culture changes, everything like that. The Like the NFL, which was the biggest sport in the world going away, perhaps. Uh, maybe maybe we'll go look back on this period from like the mid 80s through the mid 2000s as uh, the, 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 the peak of commercial Christmas. And then it kind of goes back the other yeah. direction. Yeah, yeah. hyper-consumerist Christmas is definitely a recent phenomenon. Yeah. Uh, so that, that'd be fine. Oh, that'd be awesome. Well, that poll would indicate that a lot of people would be happy with that. Oh, that sound you just heard is American retail kicking the stool out from under <laughs> itself. Which it was already um, doing. Well, it was already up on the stool and we just made it kick. So, yeah, but that's fine. That's fine. So we have Especially a new- if, you, if you happen to love Jesus. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, we got a new feature uh, with Sean that we're going to start doing every day. That's right. Stories we won't be covering. We'll let Sean sweep them up and throw them in the garbage. <laughs> hey, but, but mention them because they're worth mentioning. That's on the way on the Armstrong and Getty Show. to approach a new radio feature you Mm. realize this is just the starting point it's only going to get better from here right huh sure yes (laughs) hashtag closed after one night (laughs) grand opening uh, grand closing who had who recently had a one-man show do that more or less michael moore that's well okay all right didn't get a very good run um, uh, according so, to the president. So we like uh, we like the idea of uh, getting a few more stories on the air, and uh, and then maybe discussing them. Maybe no, I'm not. Sometimes well, the headlines yeah, the, enough. maybe not to devote a segment. There's just odds and ends, uh, loose uh, tidbits, and then positive. Sean has assembled them for a little featurette. We, do you have an introduction to this, Sean? Yeah, we got a little uh, musical diddly. I think uh, right. coming up right here. I don't have an official name for it. I just have that lovely little jaunt into this radio wire. All right, sound production. I like the sound of that, though. Stories we started again, Michael. (laughs) See, it'll only get better from here. That's what I was saying. All right, hit it. Welcome to Stories We Won't Be Covering with Positive Sean. Sean? All right, now we have a bit of a a stare-down, a staring contest between one Gal Gadot, she of Wonder Woman fame, and Warner Brothers, the movie studio, who is making her movie, Wonder Woman. She has said she is not going to sign on to do a sequel until Warner Brothers cuts ties with public jerker Brett Ratner. Brett Ratner. Public jerker? I don't know if that's a... uh... 
Is that a phrase we need? <laughs> now, Brett Might Ratner, be accurate, but... uh, he, he uh, was tied to the production company that financed the first Wonder Woman movie. She is saying that uh, she is not going to sign on for a second unless they cut ties with her. Wonder Woman being a movie largely tied in women's empowerment. She feels like this is the, the time to make such a stand. And she yeah, knows okay, that it's impossible enough. for Warner Brothers to not side with her in this. I do have a quick question on that, though. Did he work himself in front of her, or is she just no. doing this on behalf of other women? Okay, uh, on gotcha. behalf of others. Okay. Good. All right, too many superhero movies. What else you got? Okay, so into the uh, the TV industry where uh, the, the disruptors have been the story of the, the past several years, right? You got the Netflix, you got the Amazons, you got the Hulus. Are these even really TV channels? Well, the billion-dollar gorilla that's been kind of sitting on the sidelines through all of this is Apple. They, they have all the money to, to do whatever they want, and they are starting to make big moves into the TV market. Now, just a couple uh, months ago, they announced a deal with Steven Spielberg revising his new um, or his amazing story show that ran in the 80s on NBC. So they're partnering with him. They now announced another big deal with uh, Reese Witherspoon. Did you name the, the show, the, the Amazing what? Amazing show Stories. Spielberg did in the 80s? Ama oh, that was the name of it. Yes, Amazing Stories yeah. is the name. And memorable. Yes, go um, on. Uh, Apple is also, they, they just recently tied a, a contract agreement with Reese Witherspoon and Jennifer Aniston to make a TV story that or a TV series about morning TV shows. Uh, this one specifically kind of like that a... could be funny. A Today Show style uh, show, kind of behind the scenes look. People are, okay. aren't mm, really I sure I will not watch is. that show. I will not sh watch a show about a show. I will, however, watch a show about making a show about a show. <laughs> not um, meta enough for me. Uh, I would just say in general, the idea of Apple teaming up with Spielberg seems like that could have some big results. What else you got? Uh, so uh, Amazon, possibly in response to the uh, the Apple news of them making waves in the TV industry, uh, just signed a $250 million agreement to the rights of the Lord of the Rings. Now, they are trying to make this their uh, Game of Thrones-style kind of tentpole show that they are going to be covering the, the time in between Tolkien's Hobbit movie and the Lord of the Rings trilogy that oh, won geez. 17 Academy is this gonna Awards. Be is, is this going to be nine dollars? hours? Uh, it's nine a, hours of a show that my wife makes me watch? Well, so... Go ahead. Wow. Freestyle free hobbiting, in other words. Where it's set doesn't matter. They'll tell whatever stories occur to them. But... Right, but this is so, very much the, the trend in modern movie making and, and TV series where what they want are expanded universes where they can just kind of insert stories in, don't have a set end date, don't have a, a start point. You just kind of these these ever-growing, evolving worlds that they can tell an endless amount of stories in. Exactly. Just trying to get. flog your premise until nobody wants to watch anymore. Uh, yeah, that is one. correct. And finally, from the world of sport, we have the Buffalo Bills, not a very good football team. They played uh, this past weekend. They were playing against, I believe, the New Orleans Saints. Now, That's correct, the, sir. The, the Bills did not have a very good game. They, uh, they, the, the, the entire team only had 69 rushing yards. But there was a streaker <sighs> who jumped onto the field in the fourth quarter, made it from end zone to end zone, rushing for more yards than the entirety of the Bills team. Now, the Bills have come out with a statement. They are, uh, they are disappointed and disturbed by the behavior of some of its fans. Uh, this man is a 29-year-old who went out on a 41-degree field. He is an amateur roller derby enthusiast, it appears. And wow, he has a, who isn't? He has a tattoo of a roller skating corn dog on his calf. And apparently his, uh, his moniker when he is roller derbying is Senior Wiener. I'm not running across the field naked in the cold for, uh, I think, the obvious reason. Well, was was he entirely naked? He was all the way naked. 
Wow. No shoes or socks? Not, Senior wiener indeed. Not a stitch on him. Yeah. Wow, and he ran for more yards than the Bills. That's pretty oh, funny. That he, is so good. He was only apprehended you know, when he slipped attempting to make a cutback maneuver trying to elude security. Well, that's about the uh, the quality of the field. All right, that's stories we won't be covering with Positive Sean. Well done, Sean. I was uh, amused throughout, and it was, uh, it was uh, frankly, as a man who craves leisure, it was easy for me to listen. Can you give me a brief version of uh, the Jesus China story, just because I'm kind of interested in it? Well, yeah. The Bible. Actually, China. As, uh, Thank you, Mr. President. And people said he didn't have a grasp of foreign relations. According to a notice by the Chinese Kami Party, Jesus Christ won't... Poverty or cure your illnesses. So take down those pictures of Jesus and put up a nice photograph of President Xi Jinping. How many Christians in China? Is that a thing? Of course, if you have 1%, it's it's a lot. When you got 1.3 billion people, you could have a lot of Christians. It's um, it's not a well. Well, right. Yeah, that's a good point. I don't actually have the number, but they're trying to convince uh, the Christians to become more into communism. You have no Lord before communism. Wow. As it always has been. You are listening to the Armstrong and Getty Show.